Hey, this is Rachel True, and you're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. All right. So this is the very, very, very special five-year anniversary podcast for GGR. Now, I, I say GGR specifically for a reason, because GGR Pirate Radio is not yet five years old. Steve, if you remember, our first podcast wasn't until December of, of 2014. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, because we ended up, we talked about Star Wars and we talked about um, like the top movies of 2014, because it was four months of us doing like nerdy articles where we had stupid pseudonyms because we thought yeah. it was cool. Uh, before we were like, hey, let's do podcasts. It's the same thing as writing articles, only, you know, talking and recording it. And it's just, it's kind of cool. Like, I'll kind of pontificate on this a little bit later, but like, it was one of the things, I'm trying like not to be like self-congratulatory here because ultimately it's just an anniversary. It's just, it's, it's just a marking a period of time passing. It's, it's not that big a deal in the grand scheme of things. Um, but it's just kind of it's kind of cool that this thing because it there was a minute there where where GGR was for all intents and purposes was pretty much dead and we had gone we had joined forces with some other organizations and I don't even remember why we decided to bring it back but it was mostly I think we just didn't want to like stop doing it you know what i mean i think that's really yeah. what it came down to right we just we didn't really have a place to do what we like to do and so we're like all right we'll just keep doing it yeah and that's ultimately what it was i mean because i mean we joined forces with comics online and it was comics online pirate radio which was the exact same thing just with a different name and somebody who insisted on being on every single freaking podcast even if he was not interested in being on it and was playing video games um and I think that's really what it was. I mean, like, I try not to trash talk people on this podcast, and I'm not trash talking this person. I'm, I'm going to be very blunt about that, okay? that's If that's what you want to do, that's fine. If, if you want to be doing other things while you're on a show with other people, that's fine, but that's not what I want. I want people to actually be engaged in the conversation. I picture this as all of us, like, sitting around, like we've called it, at the diner. Like, and if we're all having a conversation, right? Let's, let's imagine there's the three of us, which is myself, Mike Lunsford, Steve Monick, and James Rambo. We're all sitting at a table, right, at a diner, and we're having a good conversation, but we have a fourth person with us, and that fourth person is trying to chip in in the conversation, but they're also playing, like, fucking Scrabble on their phone, or Candy Crush, or Angry Birds. Like, that person's not invested in the conversation, so, like, it, it just seems kind of, like, not, I wouldn't say insulting, but, like, dude, if you really want to be part of this conversation, put your damn phone down, you know, put the game down, like, let's all talk, because that's what this is supposed to be. Like, we're supposed to be enjoying each other's company, not, like, just sitting here staring at somebody else playing video games. And I remember it it, it wore me down. I was like, I don't know if this is going to work anymore. And we started looking at bringing it back in other avenues. And we did it with another organization, with FXBG Public Radio. And that didn't really work out either. And slowly but surely, we brought it back in March of last year, March of 2018, and since then, like all of the extra little pieces that we were working with, we've kind of like chipped away at, and it's just us now. And it has gotten, in my opinion, a million times better since it's been just us. And normally not one to like sing my accolades, not, like not in a bad way. She's just not like one of those 
cheerleader types, and I'm speaking of my wife, she's not like, oh, Mike, everything you do is great. Like, if something sucks, she will tell me. And <laughs> um, she she said something, because we had Yuli down. Yuli came down, and, like, we, we went out to dinner, we hung out, it was, it was cool. And she was talking to Yuli, and, and, like, I was, like, not really eavesdropping, but I was just, like, listening in on the conversation. And she had said, she was like, hey... Mike finally found the right voice for this. Like it, it, it's gotten so much better since they've been on their own because the don't be a juice bag. And this is what we stand for. We're not going to let people be gatekeepers. We're not going to let people be um, bullies about this stuff. We're not going to let people um, troll each other. Like he lived it and he wasn't working with people who did that to each other. So like once you separated yourself from those other people, you could actually take the message seriously. And I was like, Wow damn, I didn't realize she felt that way. But it was just, it was kind of cool, like seeing it from a, from an outsider's perspective. And that, that's why I wanted to celebrate this because I, I wanted to celebrate that we, we all came together that like Steve and I never really gave up on this idea of this thing that we wanted to do. Cause ultimately it was just like two dudes who were really good friends that want to talk about nerdy things. And then it refined it from there. Whereas like, Hey, there's certain things that we stand for that I think are really, really good messages for the geek community. And we found somebody like James Rambo, who's with us tonight, who feels the same way. MC Brooks, who not only does he believe that too, he lives it. Like, I mean, he's, we have a whole crew. It's not just him at BlurredCon. It's him and like three other people that he recruited that wanted to be part of GGR. And like, that's, it's just incredible to me to think that like this message of we can talk about things and not be assholes was like one it seemed like it was such a novel idea that like not everybody was already doing it but two that it's gaining traction and people are like fuck yeah i want to be involved in this and that's just like i felt that that was something to celebrate um i don't know about you guys but like that that's kind of how i feel about it yeah man fucking name it's a me oh, go ahead Randall. oh no it's just just agreeing that <laughs> nothing more than less i was just gonna say it's amazing how um being nice and letting other people join your clubhouse. Amazing how quickly you make friends that way. You know what I mean? When you're, when you're trying to be the smartest guy in the room and you're trying really hard to show everyone how much you know and how much better you are than them, how quickly that pushes people away. And so it doesn't surprise me at all that we found awesome people like MC and Rambo and Yuli's jumping in on the show we have like 10 other contributors that we didn't have a year ago. And it's like, hmm, it's almost like being nice to people work sometimes. <laughs> Letting people have their voice, sometimes that's a good thing, right? Yeah. Yep, 100%. Yeah, and I think that that was what was most gratifying about all of this is that it, it feels like we're doing the right thing. It, it, it's not a... It's not a situation where it's all like, you know how like you'll see like a tweet from like McDonald's or like, um, I don't want to say Wendy's because Wendy's is like the goat of, of Twitter. Um, but like you see these corporate tweets that come out and they're just like, they're so desperately trying to be cool. And it, you just like picture like an old, like an old man, like just learning how to use Twitter and learning about memes and stuff like that. And he's like, I bet you the kids will like this if I do this, that where they're pandering to try to get likes and follows and things mm -hmm. like that. That that's not what we're doing, and I, I think people are, are 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 hip to that now, as they see that that's not how we're trying to go about business, or how we're trying to do things. And 
I mean, don't look at our Twitter account for an example, because like I, I barely use Twitter. I really don't know how to use it that well, um, other than like I, I tweet out all of our episodes and all of our articles and stuff like that. But like I, we should probably have a better Twitter game. So maybe we should hire like an intern or something like that to handle the Twitter account. We can pay sure. them in in nice words, and that's about it. I can give them stickers and GGR T-shirts. There you go. Ooh, hope you like T-shirts. One up in me. There you go. Yeah. Hey, the stickers are pretty sweet. I'm just saying you should check those out. They are pretty sweet. I, I think that's that's enough of a little cold open here. Uh, let's jump in to this episode of GGR Pirate Radio. Uh, it's myself, Mike Lunsford, as, as previously mentioned. I've got my co-host and co-founder of GGR Pirate Radio. Uh, his name is Steve Monick. No joke today. I'm just happy to be here. Woo! Um, MC Brooks, the other uh, full-time co-host of GGR Pirate Radio, is on assignment right now at BlurredCon. He is interviewing all sorts of celebrities, doing all sorts of cool uh, BlurredCon things. He will be reporting in, if not on tonight's episode. We've got lots of cool stuff that he'll be giving us uh, later, maybe next week's episode, uh, on his episode of uh, The Overflow. Just lots of cool things. And then we've also got constant contributor to GGR, both... Uh, when it comes to content on the podcasts, his amazing artwork, and just spiritually. He's there for us. He loves our things. He comments. It's wonderful, and we love him for it. His name is James Rambo. Greetings and salutations, folks. Greetings and salutations. Let's kick this puppy off, guys. It's GGR Pirate Radio starting over right now. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Start your computations for time warp. You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail, everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, you're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn same. thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You goddamn right. It's called pirate radio. What you do is useless, useless. Don't let yourself be destroyed as only one did. $10 for a BJ, $12 for an HJ, $15 for a ZJ. What's a ZJ? If you have to ask, big man, you can't afford it. This is called Pirate Radio. Pain heels. Chicks dig scars. Glory. Last forever. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. Portly Clover. Make a wish. Wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bud. This is called Pirate Radio. Before you start, be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns are projects. It's like, oh, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lunsford. I'm totally going to use that, too. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is GGR Pirate Radio. It is our fifth year anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy, happy, happy. 
Uh, there's streamers and stuff. You guys can't see it the podcast, but there's streamers and there's fireworks and there's a cake with a giant candle. It's 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 amazing and it's awesome. And somebody's putting out tonight because it's anniversary time. Um, I won't tell you which one though. That's a surprise for the end of the episode. Uh, joining me for the fifth year anniversary special extravaganza podcast is the co-founder and co-host of GGR Pirate Radio. He helped co-found. The Great Geek Refuge back in 2014 with me. Uh, it all started with a conversation that we had at some very uncomfortable chairs that we had at the workplace <laughs> that we used to, uh, we both worked at. Uh, his name is Steve Monick. Back to Mike's previous joke about, you know, little something something. I kid you not, the fifth anniversary traditional gift is wood. Just put it out ah, there. Ah! There you go. Ah. hi Hope you guys like double entendres. Um, also joining us for this episode of GGR Pirate Radio and its fifth year anniversary is the wonderfully talented and mercurial Mr. James Rambo. <laughs> I'll take mercurial, sure. You, I can be found in tuna fish. <laughs> it, it's... That's what that means, right? Yeah. Subject to sudden or unprecedented change of mood or mind. Yeah. That's not you, I just like the word like mercurial. Like fish. <laughs> Fish. Fish are temperamental, right? <laughs> yeah. They're paying the ass. Goddamn fish. Growing their lives. Swimming around, making jokes and changing their mind about things. Uh, guys, I, we're not going to do this as like just a circle jerk here where we talk about all the great things that GGR Pirate Radio has done and all the great things that we've done on Great Geek Refuge. But we will do that a little bit. Um, it, it's There's really no format for tonight. I, I just wanted to have these awesome people who make my life a little bit better every Friday when we do this podcast. Um, But I also want to talk about like how much this is, how much this has changed in five years. Like what's changed with what we've done, what's changed uh, kind of in the world too, but also talk about some of the things that we're looking forward to. Like in this, I mean, I I hope, hope that this will go on for another five years and then another five years after that. And who knows how long, you know, hopefully we'll start making some money off of this one of these days. But if we don't, it doesn't matter because it's fucking enjoyable and that's ultimately the goal with all of this but i wanted to start with um just kind of like the, the first days steve and see like how much of this you remember mm-hmm. um but like i i'm trying to remember exactly what it started i know that ben and i were working on ethan stone and mm-hmm. we were doing a collector's edition and we wanted to do a thing like we wanted to have like all these cool things in the middle of the collector's edition where it's like, hey, these are some of the things that we drew that didn't really make it into the comic book. Hey, here's some of the story stuff that we did and you can read it here yourself. And then we we're like, oh, we should have an interview. Oh, well, nobody wants to fucking interview us because we're lame. And I was like, well, why don't we just ha- Steve, you want to interview us? And you were like, yeah, OK, cool. Why not? And you get you came up with like what, like 10 questions or something like that. Actually, did that ever did that ever actually make it onto what became GGR or did we just end up posting that online? Oh shit, I don't let me check. I think it did. Cuz I know it made it onto Reddit and that became the whole situation with Oh uh, my god. Which that's <laughs> that might be a story worth telling for the anniversary. Steve podcast. go right ahead. Go and tell that story, buddy. I know it's one of your favorites. Oh, one of mine too. Like I can't uh I I don't feel like saying the actual um, handle, but I'll, I'll tell the story. So basically, um, there was a guy, and, and from what Mike's told me, this guy, um, we worked with him at the same place. So like Mike said, like GGR in concept really started because Mike and I worked on the same team at this at this uh, one business, and during our breaks, we would sync up our breaks and walk around and 
talk about stuff. And, you know, it was a lot of Mike telling me about his comic book and I read it. And then he had an idea for a novel and was writing a novel about a, like a guy who finds out he has superpowers and his mentor. And I got to read that that draft. And you know, it was just a lot of talking about nerdy stuff and throwing ideas off of each other. And then we started going into like, well, how would you have done the prequels? And then we did what every pair of nerds does is rewrites the prequels. And we just went on and on and on. And so when uh, it was time to write the uh, interview, we, we, which I sent a list of questions and Mike sent them back. And it kind of became like an article format. Um, it is on GGR, dude, by the way. Okay, definitely like provide the link in the in the show notes and stuff. But like okay. the um, the the guy that we worked with, the third guy, and he, nice enough guy and everything, but just a little little socially awkward. We called him doofus, and not in a, like a mean spirited <laughs> way. He just like we all met a doofus, right? I mean, you you right now you're listening to this podcast and you're like. Yeah, I know who my doofus is. I know exactly who you're Everybody talking about. Everybody has a doofus. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that was this guy. And they're, 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 they sometimes are just don't quite get it. And so he's like, oh, I, I'm, I have a lot. Like, I'm really plugged in on Reddit. And so I'm going to put this on Reddit with all, like, the people I talk to. And I'm always posted on there. And we'll get some feedback and we'll get some people to, like, get interested in, in your thing. Well, it turns out he had a, a his his reddit handle steve go ahead and say it and i'll bleep it out for the podcast so rambo can hear it because i want i want a genuine <laughs> i want a genuine reaction out of james rambo but i'll bleep it out for the podcast and i'm sure there were like some numbers and stuff but wasn't it like something yes oh no yeah people who didn't hear it because it was beeped out it, it was a racial slur for, for Afri- African-American people. A horrible, a horrible and, and, racial slur. Not yeah, just like it, a little one. Like, no, it's horrible. It, it's but, like, oops, you're and right now you're the, thinking, you're thinking N-word. And it's, it's not like, the one you think. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a half step down from N-word, but it's still like horrifically, horrifically bad. And so needless to say, when we're hoping, great, I hope no one ever sees this ever. Many, many people saw this post. Thousands. Now our, Thousands. Our are associated with this this interview posted <laughs> by, you know, you slash racial slur guy on Reddit. You slash racial slur. Oh. And, oh. and we, we, we go to him. Um, hey, Doofus. Um, you want to you wanna fill us in on what's going on with your handle there, bro? Like, what's... What's the story with this? Because all of a sudden now we're associated with this insane name that you have. Oh He's God. like, what are you talking about? And we're like, you you know that word. You, oh, you don't know. And he claimed that he didn't know that that was a racial slur. I like Will Smith and I like ghosts. What's yeah. the problem? <laughs> and it's like, and again, we're talking to our doofus. So you're sitting there thinking like, of all the people I know, you are the most believable to not know that that was a racial slur. Like, I think his I think his exact words were, "Oh, I just thought it was a funny word. I heard it somewhere and I thought it was a funny yeah. word." Oh, like, Jesus. And, and you're and you're thinking like, "Well, you are a doofus." So like, I think that might be actually possible here, but at the same time, it's like, dude, come on. So like, our literal first foray into putting content on the internet was thousands of people reading this racial slur. And so, you know what, Mike, now in hindsight, maybe that's why we decided, like, let's go with pen names. Let's go with names. That's what it was. (laughs) That's what it was, Steve. Holy shit, you're right. (laughs) Let's pretend, like, we never, ever associated it. 
That's right. <laughs> I forgot about that because I literally, I, I literally legitimately like it, I blocked it. I blocked it from my memory because I was like, why would we ever use pen names? That's so stupid. Oh, because we had to avoid the racial slur that, that spread our website. And we were like, ah, we can't put our real names on here because all of a sudden <laughs> we'll be getting like pamphlets in the mail saying like, here's where your local clan chapter can be found. And we'll be like, ah, fuck. Like it's... <laughs> <laughs> and, and and like again, let's let's fast forward a couple years. Like, yeah, Doofus, I mean, he's he's got a daughter. Uh, he's he's served in our military. Like, yeah, he's, he's a good yeah. dude. Like, don't really don't is. think badly of him. But Doofus I mean, was nineteen either, when he was working there. Like, he was just yeah. a kid. And it's it's one of those things. It's either one of these. Oh, we dug up a baseball player's history, and it turns out he said some stuff he definitely shouldn't have said when he was fifteen. Um, so it's either that or. He's a doofus, and he legitimately did not know what that word meant. Either way, it didn't paint us in the best light, but he, he tried, I, I we, guess. I don't, we had I don't know what to say about this. We had I'm going to help out my friends. We hey, had, guys, <laughs> you should read this thing. Oh, no. <laughs> Thank <Hello>. you. <laughs> MC Brooks, welcome MC to the party. <laughs> Yo. You Yo. have magnificent hey, I have, timing. I have, Gats here. I have Gats here with me, even though he, he can't hear you all. Oh, he can't? Because I have the only I, pair of headphones. How oh. long have you been on the call? I because just I added. said a word earlier, <laughs> and I don't want to have, have to have said it, but Mike made me. MC. Wait, did, what? Did I ever tell you? Okay. so much worse than it Hang actually on. is, Steve. Okay, I have to tell you. Okay, did uh, we ever tell you the story uh, about the one time? I think I did when I was when it was we were interviewing our new anime expert. Um, I was telling him about the time we got shared on Reddit by a guy who had an inappropriate uh, Reddit handle. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So he, yeah, no, it, it's it's cool. Steve, Steve was worth relaying that story. Yeah, yeah. Steve um, was telling that story to Rambo for the first time. Boy, <laughs> what guys? It's just a funny word to say. I have two instances that are similar. Yeah. In so much as they used a slur, and neither one of them had any idea what it meant. <laughs> it was like no dipshits. Oh my god, that's just one was a guy I used to work with named Sammy. Yeah. Who had a sports car. And his plate was S A M B O. I was like, hey man. Oh, Sammy, uh, no. No, Sammy, no. Heads up. (laughs) That means a real specific thing. (laughs) If you ever get any dirty looks from black folks, there's a reason. The other was a buddy of mine. Awkward time to come back in. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um. I have, uh, said, other... yeah, I have Gats with me now. We're we're sharing headphones. Okay, I'm just picturing hey. a very romantic scene right now with you guys sharing ha- headphones together. Like, okay, maybe not. Okay. The other was a, a buddy of mine. Since we're in Yeah, enough. yeah. There's only one bed in this room, just for the record, guys. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, that's just affordable, is what Turn that is. Turn up the AC because the heat's gonna get high. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, the other was my buddy, buddy Enrique. Um, his nickname was uh, Kike, uh, and it still is growing up. And when he would sign things, it would be K I K E. Oh no, Enrique, like, no! But no, that's not. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> oh. No, no, Enrique, no! Don't do it. And and God bless him, he he took it to heart and he started changing that up. But yeah, yeah, that's that's bad. That's bad. K E Y K K E Y K A Y. Like, nah, brother. Can't be doing that shit. I just find a new um, nickname. Jesus. 
Oh my god. Anyway. Yeah, anyways, yeah. I just like it was it was funny too because like the GGR had existed for all of two weeks. And I was like, hey, how do we make a big name for ourselves? And Doofus is like, I'll put you guys on Reddit. And we were like, great, that's awesome. And then we saw his handle and we were like, oh no, no, no. <laughs> if no. we're being technical, he did make a big name for us. It's true. Not in the way we expected. You didn't <laughs> not specify the way we wanted. what kind of publicity you wanted. But a name nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, like, there's you can be famous, or you can go around starting random arson fires. But technically, you're going to be famous on the news either way, right, guys? Like in, <laughs> like in, like in uh, the Three Amigos. What's infamous mean? He's so famous, he's infamous. Oh, oh, okay. All right, well, that's good then. Infamous is good, right? Yeah, okay. Oh man, but like, I just I remember like I shared the first three articles that we did. The first the first article that was ever published on GGR. Um, was a movie review of Transformers 4, um, whichever one that was called. I don't remember which one that was. Um, all I know is Optimus Prime had a sword, and it was sweet. Um, oh, tra- The Last Night? Transformers 4, Age of Extinction. Oh, That's okay. where he rode the dinosaur, right? Yeah, I don't know. He rode dinosaurs. There was a sword involved. I, I don't know. Um, but either way, it was the, that was the first... Transformers movie ever. Say what now? <laughs> I like the best Transformers movie ever. I've never, I've never seen this. I, I haven't either. <laughs> we had one of, we had one, a friend of mine from high school who was uh, all on board for helping us with GGR. Uh, her name is Danny Rogue. She wrote the review, and it's like that was our first article. And it's not even like there's like three paragraphs. That's it. But you know what? That's fine. I, it was, right. it was cool. It, somebody was like, hey, I want to help and I want to write some nerdy shit, and I was like, done. Let's do it. Um. The second article was my rewrite of The Phantom Menace, where I changed all the stuff. And Steve helped me write it, and like I, I gave him credit for it in the article. And then the third one was actually one of my favorite articles like of all time. Steve did this one about um, if you took like superheroes and you made them Olympic athletes. And it was it was fucking phenomenal. And let me see if I'm going to share it with you guys, too. But like, it's... Well, don't oversell it. I mean, it's not... <laughs> Hey man, I enjoyed it. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. um, well, no, it was just it was the the reason why it's so memorable and why I enjoyed it so much. It was because it was the first article that I really had to pour a lot of effort into, because I had Steve just do all the content for it. I was like, you know, write me the shit, and then I will do all the pictures. But because it was so early in the in the days of us doing this, I was still like hyper aware of oh god i would hate for somebody to see us use one of their pictures and sue us for using one of their pictures and i had i basically went through and like searched through all things like i could possibly find and find like public domain pictures so that nobody could possibly like think that we were stealing their shit and because of that it took me forever and ever and ever and this is before i realized that if you're using a picture but you're not making any money off of it as long as you give credit to it for the most part you can use it but, like, it literally took me, like, nine hours to find all the pictures for this article. And it was and, – and I was I was committed to it. I was like, we're going to find every single one of these superheroes that he mentioned, and I'm going to put them in – put their pictures in it. It's going to be awesome. So, yeah. It was – I mean, and, it, like, in retrospect, looking back on it, like, it's, like, it's a pretty good article. It's – it's I mean, it's fine. It's, it's... – Now you're overcorrecting. <laughs> <laughs> You told everybody it was the most amazing article ever. Now, Lunsford, what are you going to do? Yeah. 
<laughs> Shit or get off the pot, Mike. Yeah. I'm just I'm looking through it right now. Um, I was pretty proud of the Captain Britain caption that I did though. Yeah, that one's pretty good. You got real creepy with Submariner. Um, there's some good little jokes in like the the both the article part and the captions. Yeah, it was, and, and yeah, the, the Captain Britain's money. Yeah, it was a good collaboration. What can I say? It was, mm-hmm. but that's that's really honestly that's the best part about GGR is whether it's it's me and Steve or me and Rambo or MC or um, now that uh, Gats is with us too and he's he's been on a couple of podcasts. It's so much more enjoyable sharing the things that you love with others because when I was doing the the comics online thing, I I felt very lonely. I know that sounds weird, but like all of their audio, all of their podcasts were getting dumped on me. And it was like, hey, edit this. We did an interview with this random person who was a background character in the CW show. Go ahead and edit this down. So I never was interacting. I was never at these events doing these things, but I was basically tasked with doing all of the editing for it. So it just felt very isolated. So I was writing, God, I wrote like 50 articles while I was writing for them, but it just, it didn't have the same feel. It didn't feel as enjoyable because I didn't have the people that I, that I wanted to be talking to about this sort of stuff. So as it's changed and as it's evolved, having more people involved that are just as nerdy and geeky about this shit that as I am is just that that's the best part about it. Honestly. Share the things you love. Yeah. It, it's yeah. it's hard to beat that, too, because, I mean, we all got work. We all got jobs. We all got stuff we got to do. Yeah. But, I mean, the fun thing is, is you know, collaborating with your friends. I mean, when's the time you feel the best? I and mean, we keep coming back to why it's called a diner. It's like you enjoy chit-chatting with your friends and sharing ideas and sharing your thoughts about stuff. And this is just a play, way to, you know, record it, put it on paper, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see here. So, yeah, the... The Ethan Stone article that we did was uh, July 24th of 2014, so it was released a few weeks after we did our other ones. Because you also did one, Steve, called Marvel Movie Badness, which I haven't looked over in a very, very long time, and I don't even remember what it's about. That is me predicting in 2014 Civil War. Oh. Like in the the MCU, because I got real into, like, thinking out, like, what could happen, and it's not perfect it's not what actually ended up happening or whatever but you know i was i probably reading civil war at the time or something like that and going back through it and then just got really excited about the mc because at that time in 2014 i mean that would have been just a little after avengers like iron man 3 territory right yeah somewhere in that like just in that hey let's 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 do this because um because mc and gats are gonna go grab something to eat real quick i wanted to ask them um, real quick, just to give us a quick rundown on some of the cool shit that they've seen while they've been at Blurred Con, uh, other than uh, us all drooling over Rachel True. <laughs> uh, well, I've been here longer than Seth has, and yeah. as you mentioned, got the interview. I got the interview, the Ageless Wonder, Rachel True earlier, and got her to record a pretty awesome drop for us that I sent to Mike earlier, and uh, that was pretty. That was pretty dope. Uh, let's see. I uh, uh, got to did a roundtable interview with Estelle, and uh, oh. that was pretty awesome. She's super super down to earth. Tell me a little um, bit more about Estelle. She really Estelle, liked though. the question. Like, who is who? Like I like for anybody who's not familiar with me being included. Who is Estelle? <laughs> uh, Estelle is a, <laughs> a singer songwriter. She hails from the UK. She's been around for a, a, a while now. 
Um, she kind of broke into the U.S. scene with her song "American Boy" that featured uh, Kanye a couple years back. Uh, so she she's uh, she had a bunch of pop hits, and then around six years ago, uh, she began doing voice acting work for the first time when she joined uh, the cast of Steven Universe, and she plays Garnet. Oh, oh, her. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so uh, How do I know her from Steven Universe, so but I don't she, know anything uh, about her music career. That makes me feel like an asshole. <laughs> um so yeah so she i mean she's she's pretty well known for both and she it pretty much intersects both both spaces like there are people who primarily know her as just a musician and then many of the people in the nerd community are largely familiar with just her work from steven universe um and there's not really an intersection of the two aside from when uh garnet sings which uh hasn't been often but she does have one of the one of the more iconic songs from the Steven Universe uh, lore. Um, with all that being said, uh, Estelle was a total sweetheart and she was nice and she gave us way more time than she probably should have because she was late actually going to her own uh, <laughs> autograph table. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> um, and, and and then she you know she she also took a selfie a selfie with with Mia Hazel and that that was pretty awesome. So uh, that was pretty cool. Um, after that, I pretty much uh, have been walking around, taking pictures. I've 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 seen a, a lot of really awesome cosplays. There's an Undertaker cosplay here, and I definitely got a, definitely got a, a choke slam picture <laughs> with her. Nice. Um, <laughs> oh, you said with her? Um, I've been to a. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a woman. Oh, has, that's uh, even better. Taker. Yeah, her her cost her costume is is really awesome. I got a picture of a. Uh, her about to choke slam Black Canary, so, <laughs> um, so that was that was cool. Um, trying to remember some of the other the pan the, some of the other panels I went I've been to. Uh, went to one on uh, nerd culture at HBCUs. I went to one on oh the spoken nerd panel, um, in which we we, we uh, I got to speak to and network with uh, some local spoken word writers and performers who are also huge nerds and have written a bunch of nerd poems. Like uh, the woman up there, her name is Ashley, some, I can't remember her name, but she has an entire book of poetry written about the Legend of Zelda. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it, it, it's, 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 it, it's been pretty dope so far. The, the, the atmosphere is, is, is very fun and friendly. And like there are people who are just driving by who are just jumping out of their cars because they see, you know, uh, someone in a full Blaziken cosplay, and they're like, "Oh my god, I need to, I need to get a picture with that." Uh, there's someone like pe- people are taking pictures with Miss Frizzle. Like, there's, there's <laughs> like the, the the cosplay here has, has been fantastic. The ton of really great uh, panels um, that are coming up tomorrow and Sunday. And teaser, going to be recording a podcast with Sid and Hazel on Sunday and. And you'll be able to hear about the rest of the stuff that we discovered this weekend. Oh yeah, and we'll have the um, we'll have the um, the Rachel True uh, interview up in like today. I mean, it'll be up it'll be up tonight, um, so that everybody can hear that. Because I, I mean, I just I haven't had a chance to because I was busy at work. But I can't wait to hear the drop that she did. Plus, like from what you guys were saying, she was super cool, and I, it's that's the best part about this. I love when you interview a celebrity and they're not like. God, do you remember the dude that we interviewed at um, Escape Velocity MC? Um, I'm trying to remember his name name now. 
uh, Morgan Gendel, the guy who wrote um, that episode of Star Trek, and he the whole time he was like, "Oh, I, I got drinks that I have to go get," and like he wouldn't even let us interview <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, I got, I got happy hour. Yeah, we were like, <laughs> the, the, "The fuck, man, come on!" Why'd you agree to interview? <laughs> exactly right. Like, yeah, and like he he even apologized to us. He's like, "I just got these guys from NASA who said they were going to meet me for they wanted me to meet them for drinks," and I was like, uh, uh, "Okay, then go, bye." Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah, like it's it's so cool that. Um, yeah, it's just it's cool when they're cool, basically, and that they they're willing to share more time with you. Like the fact that you were able to get even more time out of Estelle is just is fucking incredible. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you uh, go look on the GGR Instagram page, you'll see that Rachel True actually commented under our our picture that I posted earlier. Yeah, I did see that. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Not hey. jealous. Not yeah. jealous at all. No, I'm not like 13, 13, <laughs> 13 year old Mike who watched the craft, you know, like two or three times is not like jealous of you at all right now. <laughs> nope. I bet she smells like cocoa butter and vanilla. And- Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so the, the interesting thing that one of the more most interesting things that we learned about her and you can actually hear her talk a little bit uh, more about it on the podcast is. She's actually really into like tarot and whatnot in real life, and she she practices. Really. And um, yeah, and so we uh, Hazel and her like kind of went in depth uh, with her talking about kind of you know the how you know kind of how doing that do, doing that movie in in the nineties before kind of all of that stuff is, is is kind of cool now, but doing that stuff in the nineties and then kind of. You know, her her character originally being cast as a bulimic white girl, and then she kind of changed and morphed that role into what you saw in the movie. Oh, that's and, awesome. Uh, it, it, you know, it's, 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 it's it, we, we only got 10 minutes with her, but it, it was a very valuable 10 minutes. That's good stuff, man. Hey, thanks for giving us a couple minutes of your time, dude. I know you're probably, like, starving to death right now, so... Uh... Yeah, man, go go enjoy go enjoy BlurCon, dude, and have fun with Seth. Yeah. And, uh, uh, real quick, real quick, before you get off the line, um, yeah, I'm sure, sure there are more, but there's three people that you should definitely hit up in the artist alley or, or um, dealer's room. Sure. Um, Bakia Parker at Single Digit Studio. Uh, he does a bunch of 3D printed and painted um, minis, and uh, uh, he has like Pokemon eggs. Um, and a bunch of other stuff and like uh, Wacom pen uh, holders and stuff. It's awesome. Um, Chris Scott, uh, you should definitely find him. Um, and my friend, uh, she goes by Redfish Roof, Redfish Roofish. Um, uh, and oh. she is premiering uh, at Blurred Con. Um, she made Wakandan coins. She made like actual, oh. like physical, uh, uh, like metal uh, currency. Uh, from Wakanda, uh, of, made of vibranium, dope. of course, right? Yeah. Of course, obviously. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, she she does yeah. custom uh, like etching and um, engraving. Um, and she sells buttons and sashes and a bunch of other stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, she she actually uh, made a Wakandan font or adapted the Wakandan font from uh, uh, from the movie. Uh, she also just recently made a a Cree font. Um, that, so you can get like necklaces and bracelets and all kinds of stuff made out of it. But the the coins, I'm really excited about. I'm really excited to, to see. How much are they worth? Right, awesome! Like, I, I wrote all, I, I wrote all of those down. I'm definitely gonna go check them out. I've heard yeah, of redfish fish. I'm not, I'm not sure where I've heard it. Where I've heard the name before, I, or maybe I've seen it somewhere. But I'm definitely gonna check them out for sure. 
Whatever you yeah, do, man. don't go see Philip Jean Pierre. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If there's one guy I hate a lot, fucking PJP. PJP. <laughs> no, he's 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 doing good shit, man. And like um I already I I had already messaged MC. I was like, hey, you should go hit him up and here's his table number, so I just like fucking with yep, Phil. Uh, you know. I, have, I, have it, I have it written down. Awesome. The, the, nice. the artist alley is actually the last place. Is is the one place I've yet to go to. So. Well, you, mean, nice. you got you got three days. Make so. hit that up tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, you got all weekend. So. Yeah, man. But yeah, hey, thanks for thanks for dropping in, dude. I appreciate you. Um, as always, we we're just. I was saying before you came on, it's just it's so awesome how much this has changed as a website and as a podcast in the five years we've been doing it. And just like, I can't, I can't thank you enough for being part of what we do. MC man, you, you've, you've added a whole nother depth to, to this thing that we do. I mean, you're, you're a comic-con guy now, like you go to these things and, <laughs> and like, it's, it's just, it's, it's so fucking cool, man. And I just, I can't thank you enough for what you do, buddy. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like I told you when we, when we first met and when we first talked February of last year, yeah. crazy thing has been that it's been that long already, yeah, dude. but I, you know, I was just looking for, I was just looking for an opportunity. And once I got it, I was going to take it and run with it. And, you know, first it was the, the last place and now it's through GGR. And, you know, I am very appreciative of the opportunity that you've given me here <laughs> platform to both host my podcast, my blogs and, and my photos that I'm taking when I when I go to events and whatnot, and so hey, whatever I can do to to help grow this, you know, because because I also see the vision, I believe in the vision, and I think what we do is awesome, and you know, you know, everyone here does awesome in their own way, whether it's me, whether it's you, whether it's Steve, whether it's Rambo or Yuli or or, or anyone else, you know, and so believe in the vision, and I'm I'm just happy to be part of the team. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, we love having you, buddy. So you and you and said have a good time. Try not to get in too much trouble uh, this evening, but uh, I can't wait to I can't wait to see what <laughs> else you guys got going on. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad you're prepared, man. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I can't wait to hear what you guys uh, come up with the rest of the weekend. But but have fun, okay? Alrighty, see All you right. guys later. All right, later Thanks, dude. guys. I right, see you, said. See you. You know, one thing I gotta say, man. Like, I live in Pittsburgh, and all you guys live in Virginia. I wouldn't even met those dudes if it wasn't for GGR. You know what I mean? So it's not just about like making content and having a good time and sharing our nerdy thoughts. Cause I mean, you can do that with strangers on the internet in about 400 million different places, but like actually working with people I consider friends now, like yeah. talk about a fringe benefit, huh? Right. Yeah. That's, that. that's the same way I look at this too, is like this became this, it was, it was just a thing. And it was like, and, and I and I always feel bad too. And, and Rambo, I'm going to use you as an example, and you can you can confirm or deny, please. But I always feel bad asking people to do stuff for the site because it's never there's never any ill intent on my end of like, well, let me use this guy because he's got lots of Facebook friends, or like he's a really great artist. We could use him in some way. No, it's I just want people to understand that like this is just a th- a thing for us to share the things that we love with each other and with our friends and hopefully they enjoy it too and it's very hard to convey that to people because so often people are only looking to use you for your talent and it it sucks that that's the world we live in and I try very hard to convey that that's not how we are and that's not how we do things as one of the newer people that's that's associated with us Rambo like what made you come back basically <laughs> 
what made you decide to do this more than once and be like, and be like, yeah, you know what? I'll keep talking to these assholes. They're pretty, they're kind of fun. Um, I, I don't think that we're a rarity, but the number of people who have geeky interests, who have difficulty, who have like major social issues and social anxieties and, and an inability to communicate with others is pretty high. Yeah. Um, so whenever I can find people that I a like, b can tolerate beyond you know a five minute conversation, um, and c can actually hold their own in said conversation, I'm you've always piqued my interest. Um, so yeah, the fact that you guys were, were were doing this and didn't seem like dicks, um, seemed to actually have your shit together, uh, and we're engaging an actual conversation. Um, yeah, I was all about that. I mean, and that's, I, I mean, yeah, no, you're good. You go. I, no, I, was gonna say, I, I, I could, I could go be more complicated about that, but it's, it's really just, you know, it, it's, it is hard enough to find, it's hard enough to make friends as an adult period. Um, I kind of luck out with like the weirdest possible thing, which is my last name. Like I have zero control over it, but it tends to be sort of of a landmark for people who are like oh cool you seem nice and like I, all right fucking whatever um but being able to to find like-minded folks that uh that you actually you know not just ken dollar but actually enjoy being around so it's always a, a really welcome surprise yeah i mean i i, I couldn't agree more and it's for me it's difficult because this thing that we love and, and it's the general geekiness is, is much more specific than people think. So like, imagine I, I, I can't use your mom as an example, Steve, cause your mom's like the coolest mom on the face of the planet, but like the general mom character of, Oh, you guys have similar interests. And it turns out that like <laughs> one of you is into video games and the other one's like a hacker. Like, no, you're both into a digital medium, but they're completely different things. Like, that's how I feel like a lot of people kind of clump geeks and nerds and comic book fans and movie buffs into the same category. Oh, you guys like nerd things, and they just dump you in the same category. They're not the same. And meeting people that are of the same mindset within the same subcategory is not easy. And you'll have conversations where you'll be like, hey, man, what'd you think of the new Star Wars movie? And they're like, oh, it was social justice nonsense. And you're like, uh, I got to go. Uh, See you oh, later. Well, time to leave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's having being able to have an intelligent conversation about the things that you love is not easy, surprisingly. And it's something that I struggle with a lot because people see the website. They see like. Like, for instance, at work, like, I have nerdy things all over my desk. Like, I have a Anakin Skywalker floating on a platform with flyer, fire shooting all over him with his laser sword in his hand. And, like, people will be like, oh, you're a Star Wars fan. You must have hated that new Star Wars movie. And I was like, well, I guess the Last Jedi poster that's on my cubicle wasn't evidence <laughs> enough that I did like it. So maybe you should just move on, bro. Like, oh, you're one of those? Yeah, I'm one of those. Go, why don't you go? Yeah, away? someone who enjoys the franchise. Yeah. Yeah, someone <laughs> who enjoys good things. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, get out of my face. Like, it's... That's the other thing I really appreciate that about this, too, is, like, a lot of people are like, Mike, oh, you, you talk to everybody, and you're really friendly, and you're, you know, you love conversing with others. I do, but I also... It's also very hard for me, like, because I sometimes feel like I have to do it, but at the same time, too, I don't always enjoy it. And with you guys, it's never forced. It's never fake. And 
with the other places that I've had to podcast, a lot of times I had to like get up for it. I had to be like, all right, I got to psych myself into this. Like I am not into this at all. I'm really not enjoying this anymore, but professionalism kicks in and you're just like, well, I'm going to fucking power through it anyways. And I've never had to do that here. I've never had to once say like, well, I really don't want to do it tonight, but you know, all right, fine. Come on, let's get up and do it. Like it's, I don't, I don't feel like I have to be fake around you guys. And that, that really is the best part about it for me. Yeah, man. It's uh, it can, like I said, it can be tough. Um, for a number of reasons, actually, if, if there, if I had to pinpoint one thing, particularly not just why we had a second conversation, but why I drove down to Fredericksburg yeah. to be on the show, um, the first time I remember talking to you was on an episode of Fantastic Forum, and we were talking about, um, I think it was Daredevil, but that led into, uh, at the time, the Tom Cruise Green Lantern rumor. Yeah. And I was like, yes, this is dope. This is all, I'm so excited about this. Um, and you were like, bah, Top Gun, who cares? And then you suggested Dennis Quaid, and I was like, yeah, why would I want to see Dennis Quaid? That man known for inner space in the 80s playing a fucking fighter pilot. And there was just sort of this pause. And you're like, I mean, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was this it was this total moment of a lack of ego. Like we instantly kind of vibed off each other. And it yeah. wasn't like, oh, you're being a dick. Fuck you. My idea is good. Your idea is stupid. Um, and I was like, oh, OK, this is a guy who can like hang in the conversation and isn't going to be a jerk about things. Sounds good. Well, thank you. <laughs> I did. That, actually, it's funny that you say that because I, I still stand by my Dennis Quaid as the Green Lambo thing. So, <laughs> I would absolutely watch Dennis Quaid Green Lantern movie. Yeah, but I would. I still definitely want a Tom uh, Tom Cruise. Uh, specifically, as Hal. Specifically, as Hal. Yeah, I'll take either one of those choices. The the um, the uh, uh, um, sort of less like lesser of two evils, but still a perfect choice. Yeah, uh, has be- between me and Chris Scott has become the. Um, the Hugh Jackman Two-Face situation because when uh, just before the Dark Knight cast was re- was announced, me and him had been talking about who should play Two-Face uh, and I was like, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman is the perfect choice for, for Two-Face. Uh, he's absolutely gorgeous. He is in a fantastic uh, acting pedigree. Uh, he'd be a wonderful choice. And then they announced Aaron Eckhart. And we were like, oh, he's not who I wanted, but I'll absolutely take him sounds good (laughs) yeah it's like and for both you and steve because steve i know is a big mission impossible fan so he's by proxy also a fan of tom cruise i have a real problem with tom cruise personally because of his affiliation with scientology and the horrible things that that religion does um But I'm starting to warm up to him, and it fucking makes me mad. Because <laughs> I, I see him, like, I've been watching a lot of Graham Norton lately, and he it was him, Seth uh, MacFarlane, um, what's her name, uh, Charlize Theron, and they were all, like, sitting on the couch together. And Tom Cruise was delightful. Yeah. Like, He's I was... incredibly charming. Yeah, I was, like, th- I thought he was, like, a scumbag. Like, no, he was really funny. Like, Seth MacFarlane, they're making Seth MacFarlane, like, dance like a monkey and, like, do all of his, like, family guy voices, right? And then 
Tom Cruise is like, I can do a voice too. And you're just like, oh, fuck, what's he going to do? And he does a Donald <laughs> Duck impersonation. A and fucking you're just, Donald Duck impersonation. Yeah. And you're just like, you're like, all right, well, he's not a total piece of shit. Okay. Like, he's just got some wacky religious beliefs that infringe on a lot of people's, you know, human rights. But, you know, hey, whatever. At least he's funny. Like, it's... He's it, certainly not unique in that regard. Yeah, it was just, like, it was just very interesting to see that and like i'm trying like not to like him but like at the same time i'm like all right okay tom cruise and like honestly like let's talk about some of the positive things that ggr has done from what you guys have told me rambo you told me this and steve you told me this in the last mission impossible movie he like broke his fucking leg like doing a stunt and like oh yeah dude i think it was the graham norton show where they showed that it is it's not that episode but it is an episode yeah but yeah like, um and it, it, it's 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 the clip that simon Pegg refuses to watch but everyone keeps trying to show <laughs> because and they use that take in the movie they use that take in the movie they just cut it a split second before you see the actual break so the the what it was is he was jumping between two buildings yeah. right there's this there's this uh, uh um it's not fair to call it a chase sequence it's not a chase sequence i mean well no it is it's just he's on foot and he, he's chasing after somebody on foot but he's going he's doing kind of a parkour thing in so much as he's trying to get to the to the destination from a to b in the fastest way possible but he's not like doing like crazy jumps or anything uh, or at least not like you know spins and flips and shit so yeah, he like runs like through an office building and then up to that building's roof right i mean it's like yes. not it's not like you said it's not parkour yeah um so yeah, so he's so he's going between, um, he has to jump between two buildings, and he you know he backs up, he runs, and he jumps, and in the movie he catches himself like right about chest level and pulls himself up and and runs off uh, run, uh, camera a camera switches as he's coming as he's pulling himself up, and he runs out of frame. The clip they show is him running, jumping, and what happened was the ball of his foot caught the other building and it snapped his ankle upward. Jesus. And we're talking like parallel to his shin. Um, and he said that as soon as it happened, he knew exactly what happened. He, but he, he's a goddamn professional. So he pulls himself up. He stands up. He kind of limps off camera and he immediately, immediately walked over to I think the AD and was like, so two things need to happen. Uh, I need to go to a hospital because I just broke my ankle and we need to tell everybody that we're going to have about three or four weeks off of shooting because I need to recuperate. <laughs> but three to four weeks. <laughs> like, like he's, it might he, have been six, but he, it was a while. He, Actually, still, like, that's, that's incredible. So um, in, a, in a very interesting six degrees sort of situation, uh, Tom Cruise breaking his ankle is the reason um, Superman's face looks weird in Justice League. Yeah, because of the mustache thing. Yeah, we've talked about that. Because of the mustache. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we've talked about that. That's, oh my god. Like, but that that's the other thing that I love about this too, is that we bring an appreciation to things where, and, and you mentioned it before, Rambo, like an open-mindedness that like, just because my idea isn't the same as yours and you kind of make a really good point, it doesn't mean you, yeah, like you said, like just, yeah, well, you know, that's a really good point. You're right. Maybe that's why I think he'd be a good Hal Jordan because he's already done it <laughs> once before. Um, but like, that's what makes this fun, man, is, is we all have 
different aspects of our personality that we bring to this. And like, I think we, we take something away from it too, because the thing I remember, I don't remember that being one of our first conversations. I remember one of the first conversations we had when we were both on fantastic forum is you were telling me, uh, it was me. It was you as Emily, uh, Witten. And we were talking about the whole cap going, uh, hail Hydra thing. And, Emily was like, oh, this is an affront. This is a slap in the face. And I was like, we don't know how this story is going to end. So let's just kind of chill. And she was like, how can you say that? And I was like, well, I'm Jewish. So first off, like, why don't you stop with that whole (laughs) thing? And like, that was, that was your response. You started laughing when I said that to her. And aside after the episode, you started telling me about like, hey, listen, the story seems kind of stupid, but here's the concept. You know, Cubic basically is a little girl and like all she remembers is Red Skull like holding her and stroking her lovingly as, as you know, as the Cosmic Cube. So you can kind of see where she would see him as a father figure. And I was like, well, that fucking makes sense. And like the fact that you were able to explain a, a concept in a story that while many think is stupid and many are reactionary and knee jerk, you're like, let's give us this chance to play out because it kind of makes sense when you think about it and like that literally swayed my perception of it where i was like well fuck he's got a point and he works in a goddamn comic book shop so he probably knows i mean thank you uh now the flip side of that is i am a a straight presenting white dude so it's not a lot of things you can do to really hurt my feelings or (laughs) uh, or put me in a in a really bad position right um so i can't fault anybody for looking at that story and and getting upset um the follow-up on that also is um, the writer of that story, Nick Spencer, was an unassailable asshole pretty much the entire time it was being published. Yeah. And uh, what could have been an amazing story ended up being kind of shitty um, because of any number of reasons, not the least of which is they didn't really lean into their concept enough. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's... I mean, I... Pat Oswalt has this whole bit about... And this is from like a decade ago... Um, but about talking about music now versus talking about music when he was in his 20s and how when he was a younger man, he would fight you tooth and nail about, you know, whatever you said that he didn't agree with. You know, you were going to have a fight about this. It was going to be this huge, long. oh, my God, I can't believe you think that. Blah, blah, blah. And now he's like, OK, I, I just don't have the time or effort for this. All right. If you feel this way, that's cool or not i don't give a shit um i know how i feel about it and if i think you're worthwhile we'll talk about it but if i don't i'll all right fine yeah no no no. this man i love you yeah, it's stupid okay just shut up go away go away now <laughs> and that's yeah that's where i am right now um it's there's there's enough people and, and 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 why it's worthwhile talking to you guys is you're both smart guys and i say both just in terms of the two of you but like everybody on on GGR are smart people. Um, they're opinionated. They're they're uh, uh, you know they if they don't you know if they don't have their facts straight, what they're saying comes from an honest place. Um, and they're people that you can actually have a conversation with, and who people who are willing to listen to each other. Um, and that's a big fucking deal uh, in in the current era. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a buddy of mine today about um, John Carpenter. Um, cause apparently Carpenter is going to be co-writing, uh, a Joker one shot, um, with, uh, um, Anthony Birch, who apparently is a, a, a consistent, uh, co-writer with him. I was if he's just the same reading Anthony about Birch, this. Yeah. 
If he's the same Anthony Birch, I think he is. Uh, he is Anthony of Anthony and Ashley Birch uh, from Hey Ash, What's Your Plan? Um, and if you don't know what that is, you should look it up. It's hysterical. Um, but, uh, but yeah, me, me and him were talking about Carpenter, and I was like, yeah, it's a real bummer that Carpenter's, you know, such a, a, a weird, grumpy old man about, you know, his movies and things. Because, like, apparently when the thing bombed, which it bombed bad, uh, it really, really hurt his feelings. Like, he took it super personally uh, to the point where he still gets upset about it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and, and, and my buddy Elvin was like, yeah, just don't bring up, and, and don't bring up Rob Zombie around him. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, they had some argument about one said th- something and the other one reacted to what that person said. And then that one reacted to something else. So it's all a bunch of, he said, she said bullshit. And I looked it up and I found an interview with Zombie about it. And, um, I, I'll spare you the, the full story, but what it comes down to is, in the interview, Rob Zombie's like, yeah, I heard about that, so I called him up, and we talked, and in about five minutes, we were fine. <laughs> and immediately below that in the interview is a, is a screen cap of a tweet from Carpenter, and he's like, me and Rob are great, we talked it out, we're all, we're okay. And Elton was like, they fucking had a conversation? <laughs> like adults? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it still happens every now and then. <laughs> Do you know when I when we bring on new people like we we brought on uh, TK, uh, we brought on MC. Do you know how I determine who's going to be part of GGR and and, and who's not? Tell me, Mike. It, it's hey, what's your phone number? And if they say to me, oh, I don't really do phone calls, that's pretty much for the most part the end of the conversation. Really? Yeah, and the reason why if they're like, oh, well, I only text. I'll ask them, be like, oh, are you at work? Are you busy right now? And they're like, no, I just don't like being on the phone. It's, it's not a, it's not an end all be all. Like a lot of times, like if they want to write, they can write. That's fine. And if they don't want to talk, cool. You know, that's, that's fine. But if they want to be part of the podcast, you have to be able to carry on a conversation, period, end of sentence. And it's not so much that I'm like quizzing them, but like, I just talk about general shit, just whatever. And I just want to see how the conversation flows. Like with TK. Um, TK has the advantage of working in the same place that Steve and I both worked at. So automatically you have to be able to talk to people on the phone, period. And what's, what's very, very similar to talking to people on the phone, uh, doing a Skype conversation. So there, there's that automatically. And I want to have people who feel natural and, and feel comfortable talking about whatever it is that they love. And if that's something that you're not ready to do, I'll still work with you on it. If, if you understand that, but it's, it's one of the things that like, I get real old man Lunsford about it where like people are like, <laughs> people are like, Oh, I don't like talking on the phone. I'm like, why wouldn't you like talking on the phone? I fucking love talking on the phone. I love hearing someone's voice. I love the inflection. I love hearing somebody get excited about things. I love people telling me stories. Like I, I would rather have that than like, than text messages back and forth. Like there's no inflection in text messages. Like you don't know if somebody's being sarcastic. Like it, it's, it, it's such a better back and forth and I'm not going to condemn people who don't. I get it. Like you mentioned before, some people have some really weird issues socially and that's fine. You know, more power to you. I'm not going to force you to do something that you don't want to do. But at the same time too, I think a lot of people just use it as a crutch and just to be lazy more or less. And they're just like, well, I don't want to deal with this. Well, maybe you should like there, there's a lot that can be gained from having a good conversation because you learn how to have a back and forth like all of us 
And I think that's the other thing, too, is all of us have learned through trial and error. I mean, at least that's how I did it, of how to interact with people and how to disagree without like it being a big thing and how to take the ego out of it. Because a lot of people don't. And it's, it's an important thing for me if somebody knows the back and forth and the interchange. Like if you can say, hey, how do you feel about this thing? And they can give me more than just like, I like it. That, yeah, yeah, I, oh, God. I, you know, coming from an art background and just being naturally curious about people and, and things in general, if if you want to irritate me incredibly quickly, if I ask your opinion and you just say it's good or bad, and when I say, well, what about it did you like? And you go, you know, stuff. <laughs> you turn me off instantly. Like, all right, great. I, cool. We don't need to talk. And we won't because you fucking can't. Um, so, like, <laughs> I, I don't know what to do with that. Um, I mean, and like, look, no one owes me an explanation for how they feel about a thing. And I've had plenty of conversations where people were like, look, this is just how I feel about it. I don't want to talk about it. All right. Fair enough. But you've just, you know, sunk my battleship as far as curiosity is concerned. Like, I, you have killed any interest I have in a conversation with you. So you don't get to then be like irritated later on. You're like, well, why don't we talk? Like, cause you don't fucking want to like you, <laughs> what, what do you want to talk about? Like I, <laughs> we have a shared interest. And then when I try to approach you about it, you killed that quick. So, uh, nice weather we're having like fucking right. Yeah. There is nothing worse than a painful conversation. Like, Ugh, God. <laughs> we, I get a lot of them in the in the uh, in the in the elevators when I'm at work, where they're just like, "How about that weather?" And I just want to be like, "How about you shut the fuck up? Like, let's just ride up in silence. How about that? It's only four floors. It won't be that bad. Just shut up." Like, yeah, you know what? I'd rather if I got an elevator with somebody and they were like, "All right, what would you rather fight? A hundred horses that are the size of a duck, or one horse-sized duck?" <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Like, that's a conversation I want to have. Right. Like, we can like, explore that. You're like, oh, it's fucking hot out. Yeah, no shit. Like, I, I think I'm taking horse-sized duck. I'm I don't taking, know about you guys. I'm taking the hundred horse, uh, uh, duck-sized horses. Like, yeah, you can just I'll kick, kick the shit out of those horses. Yeah, fuck nah, those dude, horses. I want, I want one challenge that I know <laughs> this is what I'm doing. Because here's the thing. You take down 50 horses, or, you know, the, even though they're duck-sized, you're exhausted. You're tired. You can only kick so much. I mean, I just watched the home run derby, right? And watching a dude swing a bat for three minutes, this is a professional athlete, and they're tired. They're winded. You ain't handling 100 of anything in a quick succession when they're all coming at you. <laughs> Give me one-on-one, mono-a-mono, horse-sized duck. <laughs> Let's go. I don't know, man. Like, you're a big boy, Steve, but that's that, you're basically fighting a dinosaur at that point. That just – I no. Nah. Fuck that. You know, here's and, the X factor, and, and though. How, how much horses, prep time can, do we have? I can outsmart that duck. It's just, again, I have one thing to worry about. I just need a loaf of bread and I'm good. Oh, God. I would, I, put that on your fucking tombstone. I can outsmart that duck. Well, and that's famous last words because if it's a tombstone, I probably got killed by that duck, right? I mean, that's the scenario we're living in. Oh. Son of a bitch. Uh, oh, my God. See, I just, like, I. the reason I want the 100 uh, duck-sized horses is I want the drama. I want to take out 50 <laughs> and start sweating and being like, 
okay, I think I got this. There's only 50 more, but those 50 horse-sized ducks or duck-sized horses have the horses are smart. They see that I've taken out 50 of their comrades. They're like, let's all get them at one time. You can't take us all at the same time. So I get swarmed by them. I'm having to fight them off. Like, I mean, it's like dire. Like, I want to walk out of that beat up, but like, like triumphant. Like, I want it to be a challenge. And I want to like, be like, hey, I heard you fought a uh, horse-sized duck. (laughs) That's cool. I fought a hundred duck-sized horses. Beat them by myself. You're right. If you survive, your legend status would be way higher than mine. Because I think it was a couple months ago. Wasn't like a Colorado guy like punched a bear to death or something? Oh, no, I, I don't no, remember the, the... the mountain lion. We were, we talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, yeah. That I mean, you get your 15 minutes of fame. Like, did you hear that dude fought that giant freaking duck and won? But like, did you you remember Mike Lunsford? He killed 100 duck-sized horses by himself. Like, that's that's legend fable status where you're getting ridden about for the ages so i think you have a like a steeper hill to climb yeah but if you climb it you are the winner my friend and then dude we will have the dopest barbecue afterwards oh so many many tiny horses yeah and also if you get a good enough kick you're gonna knock into a bunch of those those legs are gonna snap like matchsticks like you're fine there's your trick right there is just you because we're all big guys right put your weight on the horses their legs snap they're done Mm -hmm. just run up to the top of a hill and roll down on all of them (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna need to get a tiny pellet gun (laughs) take them all out (laughs) hundreds of horse doctors (laughs) bye bye little Sebastian (laughs) Seabiscuit no Oh, oh god glorious oh man like this is what this is what i love about this is the 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 most ridiculous bullshit conversations ever that come out of these podcasts like me tripping over the word uh the, the band name limp biscuit and then it becomes limp brisket which is the <laughs> greatest goddamn barbecue venture that's never been created like yeah this is this is this is what i love about about doing this man it's just like the shit that we do that makes us laugh and like the, the the other thing I love about this too is like when you when you're having a conversation and like let's let's say I'm I'm talking to somebody that's like hey I want to be part of GGR and I talk to them about the things that they're excited about and this is and, and she's not on the podcast right now because she's in Chicago right now doing stuff for work um, but TK I wanted to have her on because when she started talking about true crime and stuff that she's into you could hear it in her voice. Like how excited she got because I, I mentioned I was like oh true crime so you know you, you listen to Serial and you really like that Adnan Syed story and she goes okay so here's the fucked up part about that and I was like this is gonna be good <laughs> like that's I, I love seeing that I love seeing that with my son like let me tell you about this little son of a bitch he is in love with Into the Spider-Verse like he thought that was the coolest shit that he had ever seen in his life and I could not be happier like, I was so excited because now we have this shared thing. Like, we both love Spider-Man. This is going to be fucking dope, dude. And he's just like, I really want to see more animated spider stuff. I hope they do more Into the Spider-Verse movies. And I was like, bro, me too. You want to watch the movie again? He's like, fuck yeah. And I was like, you really shouldn't be saying that. And he's like, well, mom's not here, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, okay. I meant, heck yeah. Like, <laughs> he knows he can say the F word when mom's not here. <laughs> you got to let him curse every now Parenting tips. Uh, just... Filter that out. Filter that out, Steve. <laughs> you always got to have one parent that's okay with you saying curse words every now and then. Just just one. And it can't be all the time. He knows not to use it in, like, public and stuff, so. 
That's, I mean, I don't even remember what we were talking about before the whole horse duck thing started up. I don't probably, remember. Probably something deep and about how friendship is wonderful and whatnot. Just but how um, how we have these cares? how we have these awesome conversations, like how we talk about some of the most inane shit ever, but we end up getting great conversations out of it. Like, yeah. Well, that was that was my solution to shitty conversation and stupid and bad small talk like we're gonna die someday i don't need to talk to you about something we both know about that like neither one of us really have a strong opinion about why either stand stand there in silence with me which okay suck it up or say something interesting you know what rambo that right there in a nutshell and steve you can appreciate this because you watch some of it that Mm -hmm. in a nutshell is why i love letter kenny so much because they they can have the deepest conversations about the most inane shit and like in the in the more recent seasons, um, Wayne is dating a girl, and they talk about how McMurray saw a dude taking a piss at an airport bathroom while he was on his iPad, and they were like, "How important is this fucking dude that he has to be on his iPad while he's rocking a piss?" And they like they like concoct this whole story around it. He's like, he has to be one of the people that has the nuclear launch codes because nobody would be that important that they would have to be holding their junk with one hand and rocking the iPad with the other one. Like it had to be the nuclear launch codes. Like we were in danger, and like it was it was just like I listened to it and I was like, I could see us having this conversation. Like, mm-hmm. yeah creating a whole backstory around some stupid shit that we saw. It's taking one atom of a conversation and expanding it to the size of the universe, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Finding out that Squirrely Dan's date after going to the, ch- the, the chip truck uh, went a little squirrely, and uh, she introduced some buttholes play. <laughs> <laughs> Very happy that you should, we watched that show together. <laughs> Like I want to say that was the last one we watched before you left to go back to Pittsburgh too. Was the Whilst holding hands, <laughs> yeah. Whether they're throwing, whether they're throwing the baseball around, right? That was the one. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and, then, and suddenly, and suddenly, Wayne and Derry will throw to roll through. <laughs> As Wayne just shakes his head no at Dan the entire time. <laughs> Turns out it's one of them uh, erogenous zones. <laughs> Oh man! All right, let's let's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Letter Kenny, I'm so pla- I'm so happy they're they're gonna they're now a Hulu original. So going forward, all of their seasons are gonna be on Hulu. I didn't realize they weren't. They, they well, they. I mean, it's on Hulu because they were on uh, the Canadian equivalent called Crave, and Hulu bought two seasons and they were like all right let's see how this fucking goes and it went like gangbusters and they brought all the seasons from uh crave over to hulu and then it, those went so well they were like you know what how about we sign a contract with you guys and make you an american show so i think they'll probably still film in canada like they do with shows like um handmaid's tale and some of the other shows that they have and then it's just going to be on hulu which is I mean, more power to them. That's going to be more exposure for these guys, and they fucking deserve it, too, because they are so funny. Like, it's just awesome to see a show come from nothing. It was started as a YouTube channel. Like, to go from a YouTube channel to this is just it's just incredible. I want to say... I've, I've been watching Supernatural, and I want to say the dude that plays... Oh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Wayne. 
he's in like one of the early episodes and i was like hold on hold on and i was like i know that dude from somewhere and it was from letter kenny and i was like i didn't think any of these people were in anything because you said it was like a youtube channel yeah so like i mean are, are these people like also actors and yes. actresses and other things like yeah. all of them or yeah yeah they are all yeah jared jared kiso is his name and jared kiso was like on this like canadian cock cop drama called 192 um he was in that movie i love you beth cooper he was in elysium with uh, matt damon um i'm flipping through his imdb right now let's see what else he was on i mean we're talking like season one stuff so i mean it would have been like 2003 2004 so i mean he's been first off i didn't realize he was that old and granted he was playing like a teenager or something but yeah he was on smallville he was on yeah uh let me see he was he was matt harrison on supernatural holy shit he died very quickly well that's unfortunate well I mean, he didn't really die, Mike. It's a television show. I know. I just, I think it's funny. Like, one of the things they do is they'll talk about, like, actors or actresses or whatever. And they'd be like, oh, did you see this guy? And they'd be like, yeah, he was, he was all right. Like, you know, he's pretty funny, but he, you know, a little long-winded for my taste. Was he a good guy, though? Oh, yeah, he was a good guy. Oh, at least he was a good guy then. And, like, that's all I can think yeah. of when you, yeah. That's all I can think of when you say that, when you're just, like. All sound dropped out on my end, guys. Rambo, you still there? Rambo! Don't leave us, Rambo. I also noticed that any single actor or actress I've ever looked up on IMDb has been on an episode of Law & Order. Oh, yeah. Or some iteration of Law & Order, but every single one of them. What's What's funny, too, is like... Um, is If you watch like shows like um, Orange is the New Black or... Um, Handmaid's Tale, like you see people from Orange is the New Black showing up on Law and Order, and you're just like, if you do a show in New York, that's pretty. You're going to be on both these shows. Is that how that works? Is like the talent pool like that small? See, I just think it's part of like your your plane package, like your your travel, your itinerary to actually be on the plane to fly to New York is okay. You got to arrive at the airport so many hours early. You got to check your bags, you gotta go through security. You got to do an episode of law and order SVU. Then you have to get onto the plane on time. It's just part of being in New York. Is that not correct? <laughs> like, there's, yeah, there's, there's tour packages is what it is. Hey, uh, we need a, uh, we need a bartender for this episode of uh, SVU. You down? Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, I can do that. Just make sure you don't stop doing your job for this important murder rape we're talking about. But also, too, yeah, whatever have, it is, keep working. Have, be a bartender, but have the most incredible photographic memory ever. They show you a picture of this one woman. You're like, yeah, I remember her. Yellow dress. Nice girl. Hey, I hope nothing bad happens to her. Like, it, it's like, what? Like, uh, John Mulaney. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, did you guys ever really like, get into Law and Order? Yes, Sandy has watched every single. I was episode. super. In- mm. Which version, though? I was. I, we. I've seen every Law and Order SVU, like pretty much ever made. And I know that. Um, yeah, like, like I said, we've we've watched like all of them. Um, at one point, like it was on like Hulu or Netflix, and we binged every single season. And there's like 25 seasons of that damn show. Like it, yeah, it's the show that never ends. And they're hour long, and they're like not your hour long series, but it's, oh, but they're only 13 episodes. Like 
they're full like 24 episode seasons yeah. hour long it's 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 commitment if you're going to get into it oh dude i've been doing that with uh like i was i was doing that with svu for a while um and then i started watching uh doing a rewatch of er and i thought i was like almost done i was like all right yeah i'm gonna knock this out real quick and i was i found out that i was halfway through (laughs) (laughs) i was eight seasons in and i was halfway through (laughs) like motherfucker oh no was this was this er yeah i it, it had 16 seasons uh 15 or 16 yeah what the hell? Like, wow. Every season without John Carter is a season that shouldn't exist. Literally every one of them. I'm honestly debating whether or not I'm going to stick with the show after John leaves. That entire show should that show should have ended the second he left. Well, that's Cause actually... Because he, he... If there... I know. What I was going to say was, like, when Michael Crichton was writing that, that's, that's about his experience in his first year of... Uh, of his residency, oh, he is John Carter. That. Yeah, yeah, Crichton is Carter. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. It should stop right there. <laughs> it's like, um, it's like Supernatural. Supernatural was supposed to be five seasons, and it was doing so well that brothers was like, "All right, keep going." Uh, but, but we told the story, you know. Like, yep, keep going. But the story is over. Uh huh. Keep moving. See, I'm and watching that one right now. I, I've never, crazy. I've never watched it before, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's on Netflix! I can finally watch this show." And I'm just into season five now. So you're telling me it goes off a cliff after this? So I have only watched bits and pieces of it, and I've heard most of this is hearsay. But my understanding is it was only ever supposed to run for five seasons. That's the primary arc that the original showrunner had. Uh, uh, Oh no, we lost Rambo. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, from what he's saying, like it kind of makes sense because the cliffhanger for season four is they let Satan out of hell, and so I'm like, well, there he is, there he is, there he is. There, there he is. We got you back. Okay. Yeah, dude. I don't know what's going on with the audio. It's a bad time for audio. Apparently. Um. Yeah, I've, I've, um, I think I know what you're talking about, Steve. Um as far as the season that I'm on right now for Arrow because it, it's it's coming up and I know they basically tease it in like the first episode that someone's going to die and I now know who it is that's going to die and I'm like why would you kill this character that's so fucking stupid and I know that you said that there's a point and you might as well spoil it now because I've seen most of it and I just want to know if we're on the same page here but what was <laughs> you, what what was it that you I saw? I forgot that I talked about this. Oh, my God. All right. So me and Mandy are watching Arrow and Flash and, and stuff pretty regularly, right? Like, yeah. we're watching it week to week and everything when it's out. And we get to this season, right? And and Felicity is paralyzed. Have you gotten to that point? No, I haven't. But that sounds fucking horrible. Damn it. Okay. Yeah. So she, well, don't worry because it doesn't last. So she, she ends up with... Um, I think she's like paraplegic. Um, I can't remember the exact scenario as to what happens, but she gets injured and she's in a wheelchair for, you know, a couple episodes and their relationship. And, and then she's working with uh, what's his face and they're going to build like some kind of MacGuffin, whatever microchip that fixes her spine. And so she puts that in, but it's not working. 
and then her and Oliver had like they're they're having relationship problems, and they're sitting in their apartment and they're and she's dumping him, and that's when the chip starts working, and she literally gets up out of her wheelchair and leaves. And I said to Mandy at that point, I was like, I have never seen someone get dumped harder than that, where a paralyzed person literally gets up out of their wheelchair and leaves the relationship. And at that point, the series was kind of broken for us. We could not keep watching it seriously. It's understandable. Yeah, I think that would pretty much kill it for me, too. Um, Rambo did have a prior engagement, so he did have to bail at 930. But yeah, let's definitely make sure that we, we plug his stuff. He's on Etsy. Uh, if you look at Etsy.com uh, and it is, uh, if you look up the art, uh, art of James Rambo, you'll find him. He's got amazing stuff. Just check him out. He's a great artist. And if you're in the DC area, make sure you stop by Victory Comics and you check him out. Uh, great dude. Awesome guy. We love having him on the podcast. And it's just, it's, again, I can't express enough how awesome it is that we have this, this awesome conglomerate of people together doing the things it is that we do, you know? Um, yeah. Here. Wait, wait, you're back. The ghost of Rambo. Speaks. <laughs> the ghost no, of Rambo. No, not back. just it's been a, it's been a fucking mess. Um, ooh, uh, yeah, no, I gotta go. But uh, um, I, you know, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I, you know, it, it's it's been an honor um, being uh, consistently on the show, and and all the help and support I've gotten from from both y'all has been phenomenal. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, here's the five more years, and uh, nice to to be a part of a genuinely positive, um, welcoming, um, you know, open, open-armed uh, geeky corner of the internet. That's fucking dope. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. Have a good night, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Awesome. Thanks, Rambo. Salute. All right. Ah, so we we end as we began, Mister Monic. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. It's technically not true, because it started as, as me and you and Vic, but... Um, <laughs> but I think now would be a perfect time to announce my retirement from Gigi. <laughs> <laughs> no! You kept a secret, you son of a bitch! Um, Just sandbag the shit out of you. Oh, what a dick move. But well played. Well played, Steve. <laughs> can't even be uh, mad at you. That was impressive. Very glad that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I am too, man. Like, it is... I, I say this on a regular basis. Like, we, we, we've talked about this, and, like, I feel like we've... Like, we were, we were friends. Like, you know, hey, we're friends. We're buddies. You know, it's cool. Let, let's try this website thing. And then, like, it, it sounds weird, but, like, once you moved away, I actually think we became better friends once you moved away. Because, like... Like they say about like like relationships, you know that like if you if you can do a long distance relationship, then you'll pretty much make it through just about anything. I think it's the same thing with a friendship, man. If you can deal with like not being able to always like see each other or hang out, except for sporadically, that's a, a pretty good sign that you're probably going to stay friends for a while. And like we have had, you and I have some some vastly different views on things mm-hmm. that I never thought we would have even come up with like that we would have even discussed when we first started this and like for some people that's a game breaker like that's it it's over but like it it has not really faced us at all and like it's it's kind of awesome and it's i'm not saying this is like the archetype for the world but like it kind of is because we have some vastly different beliefs but there's a common ground that we share 
that is is very very a lot of people just don't have like we we I, I, there's never going to be a point where I would think that you would ever do anything out of cruelty and there's never anything there's never going to be a moment where I'm like well Steve would never go with this because it's against his you know quote unquote political beliefs but what they're doing right now on his political side of the spectrum is very very cruel I know for a fact that you don't believe that like I know that you would go with your it's it's heart and 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 soul before party you know it's it's religion and god before what what some politician is spewing and like i think that that's why because I, I, there's a trust there that i know that you're not going to just take what some hand puppet is up there saying like you, you know that there's there's right and wrong and there's a line that you don't cross and it doesn't matter who's saying it uh, regardless of whether it's a, a a stupid anthropomorphic donkey or or, or an elephant that that's not what's important. It's where their heart lies. And that's that's why I can trust where you're coming from with just about anything. Well, I, I really, really appreciate you saying that, Mike. And, and I think, um, like you're saying, like when we were physically in the same geographic location, and this is true for, I think, a lot of people, is it's easy to take, you know, friendships and that kind of stuff for granted because it's like, ah, I'll see him tomorrow. You know, whatever. Who cares? But like when you actually have to make a concerted effort to, work together and do a podcast and it just helps you stay in communication because you realize like, Hey, if I, is this person worth putting the effort in? And it just continually every week proves like, yeah, Mike is worth putting the effort in, not just to do a podcast, but like you were saying before, where maybe there's certain ideological or political beliefs that we maybe see through a different lens. Like we have a different worldview, so to speak, but our friendship is based on a foundation of mutual respect. And so where I think we've said this a lot, and I think it also kind of feeds into what GGR stands for as a whole, is equality doesn't equal sameness. So just because you and I aren't the same in what we think does not mean we are not equal. And so having a platform, and that's what GGR really is, has morphed into. It's not a product. It's a platform. It's a place for people where they would have an equal standing to say the things that they want to say. Those things are not going to be equal in the sense that they're not going to be just copy and paste from one person to the other. People are going to have different views on everything from religion to their opinion about the new Spider-Man movie and, you know, and the entire spectrum of things that matter and things that don't. But the equality that we are offered, offering people on GGR is a platform to say the things that they want to say and have a discussion. And I can, I can't even count on one hand. I can't think of a single time where people had a differing opinion on anything, uh, something that matters or something that's just, and again, opinion on pop culture where it led to hostility or fighting or anger or anything like that. Most of the time, any tensions we've had with colleagues is mostly like, hey, we're trying to build something. Hey, we're trying to give a place for people to create and express themselves, and you're not really pitching in on that. But the actual discourse has been one of the most civil locations I've ever seen on the internet. Yeah, and it's the the few times where it hasn't been, I, I, I shut it down immediately. And it's one of the main reasons why we're not where we used to be. It's why we record at home instead of going to a studio because that was not a value that was shared. And I, I think that 
there comes a point where you end up you you stop apologizing for doing what's right and sometimes you feel bad about it because and, and maybe I don't know if you've run into this but that that's something I ran into and we kind of talked about this before we started recording that like I, I've always tried to be friends with everyone and I want everyone to like me and a side effect of that is, is sometimes you find out those people that you want to like you so bad because you think they're cool or you think they're awesome or you think whatever, you think that they can help you grow whatever it is the thing you're doing. You find that they don't share the same value system that you do. And I used to feel bad about that and now I don't because there's I don't feel that there's anything wrong with distancing yourself from people who don't share your same basic moral compass. And it's... And and that's the other thing about this too is that's never that's not saying that these people are gone or are forever. Maybe they just need time. Maybe they need space. Maybe they need the reminder that what they're doing is not right. And maybe they'll figure it out eventually. But it's one of those things where I just don't have the time anymore, or I don't have the emotional effort, if that makes sense, to to spend pour, pouring it out for these people that that I feel like you're getting nothing back from. Like you shouldn't have to explain to somebody why 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 making jokes about pedophilia is not appropriate. Like, but that's just me, you know. Maybe maybe I'm the jerk, you know. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, well, and here's the other thing too is, I mean, if there's someone who truly doesn't get it, I mean, maybe the only thing you can actually do is leave. You know, maybe that's the only action you could possibly take that would have any weight in the first place. And, and secondly, like, yeah, sometimes people aren't in the same place where you are, and they need to grow. Um, and maybe you're not in the place where they are and you need to grow. And sometimes growth happens independently. Sometimes growth happens with a colleague and someone, uh, a friend, uh, a family member who's leading you. Um, it, it, it's not going to be a one size fits all kind of thing. But you're right. It's it's kind of like when and this is going to sound really grandiose, but like when someone passes away and you feel really bad, you don't feel bad because of what has happened per se you feel bad about the missed potential and opportunity for the future and i feel like it's the same feeling that you have when you know you and your friend just realize like look man this, we're, we're kind of irrecec- um why can't i say that word irreconcilable right now like there we, we don't have we don't have um the same process we don't have you know the same tact on this particular thing and right now we just need some space and what you're saying is like you want everyone to like you. I feel that same thing. I've always felt that way. You know, it's it's. I think that's why we both try and be funny, is because everyone likes the funny guy, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. It's just the way it is. And um, you know, when 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 you have to kind of swallow that bitter pill of, I just don't think this person is going to like me right now. Um, you know, it, it you feel bad because you feel like you're missing out on potential. And I guess for me, and I don't want to speak for you, but that was always one of the things that like I would regret. I always think about, oh, I could have said something that was even funnier this time or like, oh, I really wish I hadn't have said that because it made me look stupid or whatever. And it's just because missed out a potential of, of a better outcome. The, the French have a term for it. And, and it makes me sound you're talking about sounding grandiose. Like, tell me how pretentious it sounds that I'm about to quote the French. But like, um, there's a there's a fr- there's a French quote, uh, a French term they use is called esprit d'escalier. It's the spirit of the stairs, is what that means in English. And, and what it means is is like you think of the coolest, wittiest, funniest comebacks after you've left and you're on your way out the door, like up the stairs. 
And like that is for, for people who want to be liked desperately, like that, that is their life, you know, like you, you're like, ah, shit, I should have said this. Like I should have made the joke about, you know, I could have tied it in with this and I could have said, you know, Hey, don't be a juice bag. Ah, and everybody would laugh, you know, guns are for jerks. Ha ha ha. (laughs) Like it's, that's the other thing too, is I, I don't ever feel like there's pressure here. If I'm not funny, like, like we'll make a joke about how not funny it is. And that's the other thing too is like nobody's ego is so big here that we can't be made fun of. And like that's that's one of my the biggest issues I feel like on the social media right now is look at how many times you've seen somebody say something. I, um, I used this example a few weeks ago. Um, they just had the NHL draft, right? And this year is 2019. Uh, the Washington Capitals have a player named Nicholas Backstrom who is pretty much untouchable. He won't be traded. He won't be uh, let go or released and, and, and until he's good and ready to. Like, he is an icon. Like, it's Alex Ovechkin and then it's Nicholas Backstrom. Those two are untouchable. So, in the NHL draft, they give draft players, drafted players, the jersey with the jersey number of the year they're being drafted, right? And some woman on Facebook was like, I can't believe they let go of Nicholas Backstrom to draft this young kid. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, the draft kid is wearing number 19. They're like, that's for the draft year. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. So we all started making fun of her being like, oh, well, next year, number 20, Lars Eller. Boy, is he screwed. And she's like, you guys could have just said something and not made fun of me. And we're like, this is you you can't laugh at yourself. Like this is how long have you been on the Internet? First off, like it's this is. If you make a mistake and you screw something up, sometimes one one of the most therapeutic things to do is to laugh at yourself and be like, well, <laughs> that was kind of stupid. You're right. I shouldn't have said that. Or two, just move on. Like, But to be so defensive and so insulated and so insecure about making a mistake is just like, one, I feel bad for them. I feel bad for the person because it, it means that they... God, what a miserable life they must have if every single time they make a mistake, they're they're afraid that somebody might criticize them. Because honestly, that's where some of our best jokes have come from. You know, like limp brisket for crying out loud. Like like that was because I can't talk, you know, like the bucket of chicken thing that you brought up the one time that we still bring up every now and then. Like it's okay. That might be one I regret just because (laughs) like it's on recording for other humans to hear like (laughs) yeah like i said there's no way any of us can run for political office at this point at this point that's a different kind of regret um a motto i kind of came up for myself with when i was younger was um you know if if i'm willing to laugh at myself i can never be laughed at i can only be laughed with yeah um and that and that's kind of helped me kind of check myself sometimes when i am feeling like angry because i don't want to be laughed at you know what I, when i do something stupid i, I want to look cool i want to look funny and be awesome in front of people and all that kind of stuff and sometimes i have to kind of check myself and, and think back to a phrase like that and you're like you know what maybe there are things to take serious and i don't think yourself is always one of them especially when it's you know there, there are certain times and places to, to be serious but most of the time it's like you should be enjoying your life um and if you're not enjoying it then like what are you doing yeah Yeah, absolutely. And like to be so paranoid that you might make a mistake, like around this group too, man, whew, boy, like we're not vicious though at all. Like it's, but at the same time too, like you've got to be able to laugh at yourself because if you can't laugh at yourself, then it's going to be a miserable, miserable time. Like there's, there's too much, there's too much out there. And to kind of tie it back to 
laughing at yourself, you know, looking back at some of these articles that we wrote when we were trying to be like cool and funny. Again, I legitimately thought that we did the, 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 the fake names for, um, for like, Hey, you know, it'd be cool to have superhero names. No, we did it because we were trying to protect ourselves from a racist butthole and his racist name on, <laughs> on, uh, on Reddit. God Lord. <laughs> I mean, if, if I had like to put money on it, yeah. I think I would bet on the side of he didn't know. Like if we hooked them up to a polygraph and asked them like, did you know this was a racial slur at the time before Mike and Steve told you? Like I would bet them if I had to put money down, that's the side I would bet on. I don't. Yeah. Back then. Yeah. You can disagree. That's fine. I mean, no, I, I don't know, but I'm saying, I'm saying back then I would, I would definitely say, yeah. But like in today's world, it's hard not to be cynical, you know, and, and think that that was intentional. But at the same time, too, I remember the look of shock on his face when we told him what it meant. Like, <laughs> he was yeah. like, wait, what? No, that's not just a funny word. No, that is definitely not just a funny word. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Like, there was legitimate concern there. Like, that he was... you saw the wheels turning of like, yeah. Oh no! I've talked to other people. Oh no! I put their their article under my thing. Oh God! Like you what just have saw I done? The gears turn. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm looking through. Like I don't. These aren't sorted in order of when we did them. I just I have them in categories for what we talked about. But like I'm looking through some of the stuff and like some of the stuff that I said even early on. We were really. Um, we really talked about this. Like August first, two thousand fourteen. I mean, it's 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 a uh, an editorial called "Don't Be That Guy." I said, "Being a comic book enthusiast is a funny thing. There are those who will stand on every table and scream at the top of their lungs about their passion for Spider-Man. Uh, then there are those who are afraid to admit how much they love something because others might think less of them. Times have changed, though. It wasn't always cool to be into comics, but some awesome things happened to change that. The comic book movies evolved and made it cool to love comics and other nerdy things." It wasn't just a brainless action flick. It was now a great movie. Did you ever think there would come a time when you could say the, that Batman received serious consideration for an Academy Award and the guy who played the Joker won an Oscar for his portrayal? Now it's cool to like Batman, the X-Men, or Aquaman. Just kidding. No one actually likes Aquaman. Um, <laughs> but, like, this this just shows you. like before DC movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but this is before uh, Momoa played it. Um. I said, I said, and here I said, um, back to my point though, it's okay to be into comics now, unless you're a longtime comic book fan. And then apparently newcomers are not welcome. And herein lies the reason I write this article. This is a plea to the comic fans out there who call out others for not being genuine. I beseech you, good sirs and madams to end your hostilities. This is a pointless fight and you're only hurting yourselves. I can't tell you how many times I've overheard people at comic conventions complain that the girl who is dressed like slave Princess Leia is only doing it for attention, and they probably can't even name a character in the extended universe. Quick aside, this is the most overused costume ever. Ladies, we love that you want to be alluring and show that you love Star Wars at the same time, but mix it up. Variety is the spice of life. First off, don't ever bring up the EU ever. That negates any valid argument you had. And then there's a picture of Thrawn, and it says, I respectfully disagree, but I'll go back to a dusty bookshelf at a used bookstore. Um... (laughs) I know you love Thrawn, so that was kind of a joke at your dude, expense. He, dude, yeah, that's fine. He's my favorite. And I'm not going to pretend that I don't, right now, in front of me, have ninety early 90s era Heir to the Empire Star Wars micro machines. So, you know, like, I, I'm down the Thrawn rabbit hole to a point where it just bounces off me like Teflon. I hear you. Yeah, but, like, it's just, it's interesting that our message has always been the same. Because I even say like that this person who dressed like Princess Leia dressed like this for two reasons. She loves the Star Wars universe as much as you do, 
or she's with some nerdy boy who talked her into wearing this ridiculous metal bikini with a set of drapes hanging from it. We all could only be so lucky that we have a girlfriend or wife who would be cool enough to cosplay with us at con. Except everyone. It's an easy mantra because it involves zero effort. And like, it, it just, it, it further reinforces that we, we knew early on that this was what we wanted to do. And now we're actually doing it. And it's just, it's cool. Like we, we, and that it's effortless too. Like how much effort have we actually had to put in to changing things? We've never, we didn't have to change it. It's not like, Hey Steve, we really got to have the right mindset now. Cause we didn't have the right mindset before. No, we, we've always had this mindset. It's just, it's much clearer now that we don't have anybody else kind of hanging on, you know, or that we're trying to glom onto because we think somehow that they might be able to help us. Yeah, that's what I was going to say right there is that like the only times we've really veered away is when we tried to add more effort, yeah. when we tried to, to, to add all these other things and make it all kinds of fancy and different and all this stuff. It's like, man, if we would just stick to our guns from from day one, I mean, as amazing as it's been after these five years and where it is right now. How much more amazing would it have been if we just kept going the route we were going, man? I mean, Honestly, it, it, I, I, I don't want to get into that, you know, yeah. like kind of negative thought because I still love what we have. But yeah. I honestly think that, like, I'll use a really, really nerdy analogy. Luke Luke Skywalker can't become a Jedi if he doesn't go fight Darth Vader and lose his hand. Like, you have to learn lessons the hard way sometimes. It sucks. It's painful. It, you you doubt yourself, you you question whether you made the right decision, but ultimately those decisions shape who we are, and it reinforces and solidifies the fact that what we did and what we're going to do is that much more important, because without knowing the bad side of it and how things can go wrong, then you don't know how good it can be, and that at least that's the way I feel. That's the way I see it is I try to gain something from any bad decision that I've made. I try to, to, to find something to take away from it. And that that's what I try to take away from all of this stuff. All the things that have happened, all of the, the heartache that it's caused, like seeing posts from these people that we used to work with running into them in social circumstances. It's just like, it, it sucks, but it's just a, it's just a reminder that what we, the decision that we made was the right one. And that you need the bad because otherwise it's like the um the rain you, you don't get a rainbow without the thunderstorm kind of thing it's a, you know that's really well put i mean you, you're you're absolutely right and we got a sweet robo hand out of it called james rambo <laughs> <laughs> that's his new nickname holy shit james rambo the robo hand that's oh fuck that's wonderful James Robo hand. Yeah. Yeah. It, it works, man. I'm telling you, it works. It Just really take does. your analogy and run with it. Let's go. I like it. I like it, man. I like it. I'm looking through some of these other things, man. And like, uh, we followed that was up. like the, the Genesis of nostalgia November. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was fun too. And like we keep doing that. And I think that we can keep trying to find ways to make it bigger and bigger and bigger. Cause like, nostalgia has become like this thing it's not just like it's think about like um stranger things for instance on netflix like that's an entire series based on nostalgia yeah it i mean really is it's it's let's make it look as 80s as possible and it also avoids the cell phone problem that most movies run into of like well they could just call someone and the problem would be solved immediately yeah um so it gets rid of that very cleanly and then it's like and let's sprinkle in some stephen king yeah. Uh, some classic Stephen King. Um, 
Man, I love the times that nostalgia, you know, used to happen. <laughs> I'm just looking over a conversation that GC Rodriguez and Pete Rogers had about the Punisher coming to TV. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> yeah. I'm reading through it right now. And it's, we called it. We, we really did. We called that it was coming to TV. And like, I might have to reread this article just to see. Cause like the way we wrote it, we wrote it like as our conversation, but it's funny cause this is September of 2014 before we had a podcast. So we literally would have just done this as a podcast. And <laughs> just a written book. <laughs> it is. It is. It literally is. It is like it, it's. Yeah. I'll, I'll read it. It says, "This is you, Pete. Ro- Pete Rogers." Uh, oh, spoiler alerts. Steve is Pete Rogers. Um, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, The Wire. Chances are, ninety-nine percent of the people reading this article have seen at least one of these shows. The way their popularity has infiltrated into the pop culture lexicon. Ooh, nice word, Steve. Is nothing Boom. short of a milestone for the television medium. What makes these shows so damn watchable is that they have taken what novels have done for centuries with richer plots and put them into a faster, more digestible format. Uh, thinking about comics in that context, as I often do, because doing other productive things scare me, uh, I have come to realize that The Punisher is ideal for this type of show. So let's all learn a little bit more about Frank Castle. We're going to do this article like the outsiders of NWO fame and tag team this story with me to help discuss the idea of a Punisher television show as GC Rodriguez. And then I said, okay, for the outsiders, does that mean I'm Scott Hall or am I Kevin Nash? He said, well, obviously I'm Scott Hall because of my propensity towards swarthiness. Um, what happened to us? Why are we such bad writers compared to back then? I mean, I know, that, is some, right? that is some killer material. I'm, like, <laughs> we had some good shit, dude. Like, what? Yeah, what happened to us? Like, we're uh, hacks now. Like, <laughs> garbage. We're just coasting along on our fame. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the minute pieces of fame that we have. Like, yeah, I'm reading. <laughs> yeah, we had. Andy did his top five crappy movies. Um,. He did his top five horror movies. I did my top five. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, oh, yeah. Fucking, I meant to say this to Rambo. So, Donnie, Denver Donnie, like, he's not much for social media, but little by little, and I know you're not really big on Facebook either, right? But, like, little by little, Donnie is getting sucked into the GGR um, crew. And, like, so much so that he's making fun of other people in the GGR team, and it's fucking hilarious. Like, at one point, we're talking about um, we're talking about um, I can't remember what movie it is, right? And I put it up on the GGR Facebook page, and then Andy makes a comment, but Andy starts coming commenting about a different movie. He's talking about the new Rambo movie, and I'm like, Andy, what the fuck are you talking about, man? And he's like, huh? And I'm like, we're talking about this movie, and he's like, oh, I'm confused. Where am I? Where are my glasses? Who are all these people? So then, like a week later. I, I say something and then Donnie comments on it and I was like, Donnie, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, oh, I had an Andy Barsh moment. So like <laughs> Donnie's making jokes about Andy. Like he made a joke about Rambo. I was like, I was like, hey, because he's trying to do some artwork. Like I showed you the Chewbacca thing that he did, right? Yeah, that was unbelievable. Like yeah. you're like, yeah, he's does art sometimes. And I'm like, no, no, that's not someone who does like art sometimes. That dude who should be like, yeah. A professional artist. Unbelievable. He really does some incredible work, man. He really is. He's, he's an awesome artist. And I just like, I, I, I'm so proud of him for doing stuff like that. But like, I, I show Rambo this and Rambo, I, cause he's trying to figure out how to make prints for it so he can sell them. And I was like, talk to Rambo, you know, he'll, he'll help you out. And he's like, Oh, I like Rambo. He's got a really cool name other than Ben Bedgood. Cause you know, like how slick would that be? If you roll up to a, a girl and you're like, Hey, my last name's Bedgood. <laughs> Want to find out why? Like, so it's just like he's gotten all of these people that are part of the GGR family. Like my family 
is now interacting with the GGR family. So it's just this one big giant, like big ball of, of wonderfulness and it's awesome. And yeah, it's, it's, I, I can't gush enough about this, man. It's just, it's so cool that we keep doing this shit f- for fun and people are listening to it. Like, yeah. I mean, we're going to crack 10,000 listeners this month, Steve. Like it's, it's, we, we, we cracked eight last month and we're already at six this month and we're only 12 days in. Like, it's just how, like, how, how did this happen? How, how did people want to listen to this? I, I don't know. I, I mean, there must be something in the water, I guess, that's poisoning everyone's minds. You know, there, there's no logical explanation for it. Yeah, it's 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 just incredible. I, I, I couldn't be happier. On that note, guys, um, thanks to actually everybody. one thing real quick Go. before you finish. Do it, man. Do it for the five year at some point this year. Should we go back to where it started and talk about the Star Wars prequels? What else do we need to say about them, though? I don't know, but I mean, like, I, I mean, we're doing a retrospective on us. Why don't we go back and watch them all and see, like, because I mean, it's been a while since I've actually watched the prequels. Yeah, you I know? watch the Ridge Tridge all the time, but like, yeah. I don't pull out the prequels all that much. I like this. Some Star Wars homework for us. Yeah, dude, and I mean, like. Granted, they weren't technically some of the first articles on the website, but it's the first podcast that we did for Pirate Radio. Yeah. And they are some very early articles, like July 2014. Like July 9th, 2014 was your episode one, a mulligan for Phantom Menace. That's right, yeah. So, I mean, that that was over five years ago at this point, yeah. that article. So it might not be a bad idea to round back and see what the, we have to say about the, the prequels. Yeah. And you know what? Let me let me give some credit where credit's due here. Th- this article, if you go up on GGR right now and you read, uh, if you go to um, the movies and TV section, um, all the way at the very, very bottom um, is a mulligan for Phantom Menace. This article was is better now than it was when I first wrote it. And the reason why it's better is because I got help from the guys at Comics Online. I had help from... Um, Matt Cernacker, who's one of their editors, and he just helped me clean it up and make it sound a little bit better and gave me some tips and pointers. So as much as I'm not happy with the way things ended with them because of their editor-in-chief, um, I met a lot of really awesome people through Comics Online, and I'm still friends with a lot of them too. And I think it, I think it made me a better writer because... I was able to get tips from other people because if you stay in a vacuum and the only person that reads your shit is yourself, like you, you're, you miss a lot of things and you think that your writing is wonderful and perfect and, and wonderful and without, without error. And that's, that's a really bad place to put yourself in. And if it hadn't been for some people that, that do this sort of thing on a regular basis, my, none of these would have been any good. So, um, hats off to the guys at comics online and, uh, and I appreciate everything they did in teaching me this. And the same thing for FXBG Public Radio. As much as we're not big fans of what they're doing now, I learned a lot about audio from uh, from those guys there. I learned a lot about also what not to do. And that's just as important as learning what to do. I learned the right way to do a couple of things, but I also learned the type of persona you want to portray on online and and how that can affect everything and yeah i mean i I think they all get like a salute in this because it wouldn't be right if we didn't at least mention them and find something good to take away from the time we had with them because that's not 
you can't you can't be a revision revisionist and just say oh well everything was horrible no there was there was plenty of great things man you know like I, some of my favorite times were still when like it was me and you and Eric Meyer um, and we were sitting around and we were playing with the audio soundboard and just laughing <laughs> like idiots God that was yeah. oh that was so fun that that was in that was in the heart of of, of chicken banging season right there that was yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, like we wouldn't have had Net- Robert Netflix the third if it wasn't for that that era. Yeah, and maybe yeah, we didn't win the Super Bowl, but we made the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Now we're now we're hitting the Super Bowl on a regular basis. We're like the I don't even want to say it because it makes me disgusted because of all the horrible things that they do. We're like the Patriots now. <laughs> <laughs> well, not quite yet. We're on our, we're on the rise. We're like the like the Rams or something like that. So I can accept being the Rams. I'll I'll, I'll work with that. There's worse things you could be. This is true. This is very true. On that note, the website, it's greatgeekrefuge.com. Guys, there's lots of great stuff there right now. Uh, The most recent content we have are some reviews that I did. Uh, Oh, oh yeah, there's more stuff too. We have anime now. Holy crap. Did you ever think GGR would have anime? I didn't. That's for damn sure. Because it, it was never against anybody who liked it, but I just never... I never really got into anime, and honestly, 90% of the stuff that's written on this website is written by me. And we have a new contributor. Um, he goes by the name Zai. Uh, X-Y is the way it's spelled, but he pronounces it Zai. And he gave us his top five anime uh, shows of all time. So definitely check those out, man. Uh, Mob Psycho 100% is on there. Uh, Puella Maggie Madoka Magica is on there. Um, Shinsaku Oh, God. I'm having a real good time listening to you saying this. These are bad. These are real bad. Hey, Serial Experiments Lane. I can say that one. <laughs> ne- Neon Genesis uh, Evangelion. Pretty close. Yeah. All right. All right. I, thank you. I for believe it's Evangelion, but... Evangelion. I appreciate that, Steve. But yeah, if you haven't read it, man, check it out. Tell me. Let me know what you think. I would love to know what some of your favorite uh, anime are. But also... For all of you guys out there, for all of you um, readers out there, for all you listeners out there, anime is going to be a thing we're going to be doing now. Um, a lot of these guys are actually at BlurredCon right now, um, checking out all the things that are going on there. So there's going to be tons of content. We're always adding more things, more people, more stuff. Like Because this is a community for everyone, as long as you can follow that one rule. And that one rule is don't be a juice bag. Guys, for myself, for Steve Monick, for James Rambo, for Ulysses E. Campbell, for MC Brooks, for C. Gats, for uh, TK, TK. For, for every single person that's been on here, Andy Barsh, uh, Zombie Ben, um, uh, Eric Meyer, uh, for all the people that have contributed, Jay Dilla, fuck, we forgot about Jay Dilla. Jay Dilla has just is an incredible artist, and she's just doing amazing things, too. Like, all of these awesome people that have been part of GGR at one point, you're always family. You'll always be part of our, our, our family here, and you'll always have a place to do the things that you do. We appreciate all of you. And, guys, thank you so much for being part of what we do. And, and here's to another five years, Steve. Cheers, buddy. All right, guys. Have a great night. This has been a GGR Pirate Radio Network production. Woohoo! But our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cool and tragic. Which makes them... Not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. Hey, Farva, what's the name of that restaurant you like with all the goofy shit on the walls and the mozzarella sticks? You mean shenanigans? No! Oh. You're about shenanigans, right? Put those away!
This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy.